0: Good evening, and welcome to Open Air, and good evening, Ashwini. Good evening, Michael. Happy New Year, and that was a great New Year's retreat. Happy New Year, Michael, and
1: yes, it was. <laughs> it was marvelous.
0: Yes, yes, fabulous. I have announcements here. Perfect. Thank you, Michael. Sure. Backed by popular demand, our next year-long retreat kicks off January 15th with a Best Year Yet-esque workshop, followed by an email class and a year-long exploration of the daily recollection. Join Sangha for this transformational year as we train to recollect the truth of true nature. True Reflections is a six-week virtual training in cultivating attention on awareness to help participants nurture a lifelong friendship with wisdom, love, and compassion. The next class starts January 11th and is for those who have taken the introductory recording and listening class. And for these and other practice opportunities, visit livingcompassion.org. And the usual reminders for tonight's show, if you'd like to get in the queue to talk with Ashwini, please press star six and then one to make a show. And a conversation on one topic, please, in about five minutes is great. Okay, Ashwini, I think we are ready to start here. Excellent. First caller, you are now live on the air, and would you please introduce yourself? Hi, Ashwini.
2: It's Kate from New York. Hi, Kate. Happy New Year. Happy New Year to you, too. It's so great to be here and to um, hear your voice and hear Michael's voice. Um, Mm -hmm. I just wanted to call in and uh, show up and put myself in the queue and, um, yeah, just talk over some things that I'm looking at. Mm-hmm. Yes, well, you know, it's such a wonderful
1: thing to to circle back to Sangha in the, the beginning of the year and yeah. look
2: at practice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Very reassuring. Yes. I'm so lucky. Um, yeah, so I'm just uh, starting a new year and have a lot of music projects on the go. And um, one of the big things that I have been practicing with over the last, I'd say, six months has been just looking at how ego talks me into um, filling up my calendar with things that are, uh, you know, it, um, that talks, talks me into saying yes to things that later I wish I had said no to. Uh-huh. Um, and how its favorite form of... Um, Making me suffer is sort of uh, getting me um, you know to fill every to fill all the space basically uh-huh so to, to so basically you're, you' you're
1: talking to saying yes to things that you wish you hadn't said yes to, and let mm-hmm. me ask a clarifying question about that Kate is it that um they are that when the time arrives, there's just way too much to do, and you wish you hadn't said something, said yes to this particular thing, or are they actually things that you would rather not do?
2: Uh, I'd say it's a little bit of both, but probably more uh, the former. Uh huh.
1: So the, meaning that they really aren't things that you would like to say yes to, but you could, but you can, you get talked into saying yes to them anyway. And as a consequence Correct. of which, there isn't space in your calendar for a
2: project just to have space. Yes, and I did, and I, I was looking at this process uh, over the last while, and um, made this uh, made this interesting discovery that mm-hmm. in my in the life of. In my life of materialism, like things in my life, I'm very much a minimalist, like in terms of things. Like I -hmm. I have a very, I'm very stripped down and pared down and like that's kind of how I live my life in my space and with things. Um, Mm -hmm. But my schedule looks like I'm a hedonist and a maximalist. (laughs) Uh That's a distinction I noticed Um, Uh that was really... It was, really took a, somebody reflecting that back to me and saying, "You know, if your if your if your space looked like your schedule, you'd you'd be going. you yeah. mean, just that just wouldn't happen because that's not who you are in in the world of material objects. Uh-huh. But yet your and schedule an looks an like that. Yeah, what an
1: interesting observation. So there are certain mm. things in. That uh, that you're minimalist about, and some things that look like you're maximalist about, <laughs> word, right? Yeah, yeah. Schedule versus yeah. material objects. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, and that was and a then, really it was helpful it, for me. Okay, uh huh. It's helpful for you. Say more about that. What did you What did you see about it? About your well, process around both.
2: Um, it's like I'm I'm very. Uh, I have really good boundaries, and um, I feel like, you know, I really know how to take care of myself in the material object realm. And uh-huh. and I really don't know how to do it in the realm of... Um, I don't know how to do that as well in the realm of my time.
1: Uh-huh. Or said
2: differently, you're much
1: more vulnerable to suffering in one realm yeah. than the other.
2: Yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, and I mm-hmm. put up with a lot more suffering. Like I tolerate a lot more suffering um, yeah. in in one than I do in the other. Hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, and it's it's all it's all interesting, right, Kate? Because I mean, I you know, we, if the, if there isn't suffering, you don't have to look at the process. But it's interesting mm-hmm. to look at that process of being able to take care of yourself. It sounds like around the material uh, uh, in the material realm. Just to get some insight into perhaps a process of uh, process there of identity mm-hmm. or not identity or be or authenticity that is not available to you in the other process.
2: Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So, for have sure. you seen and, more about that, or is this just a fresh insight? Um. Well, I I've seen that. I mean, you know, one is I've been playing with different ways of. I mean, part of it is when you say yes to something on a schedule and it's three weeks away, you know, Mm -hmm. it's sort of abstract, (laughs) you know. Yes. Mm -hmm. I've been playing with ways of making those kinds of things more concrete, like, um, you know, physically putting them in, like using sticky notes and, and sort of blocking out my time in a much more demonstrative way, and that's helped. For sure, mhm, mhm,
1: So let me ask you another question, Kate is there so when you say that the schedule fills up really quickly and you're not allowed to say no to certain things is mm. it is it that so so when the schedule fills up and you don't have space, what is it that you you're looking to have space for
2: mm. yeah well i'm I'm just usually longing for um the space around my practice to my music practice to be more free. Because one of the things I've because when I looked and, and started, you know, um seeing what was going on here in this process, I realized that um I have plenty of time to practice. Mm-hmm. But I'm but I'm always filling up the time around my practice with other things. And I notice that um, my learning isn't as, mm, I don't know what the word, effective. Because mm-hmm. I'm, uh, the, the, the brain doesn't get a chance to rest. Mm-hmm.
1: Well, that's interesting because um, I don't know that if this is your experience, but it's certainly my experience around my practice, right, my spiritual mm. practice, that yeah, yeah. if I don't actually add, so scheduling is an art, because you have yeah. to learn about who you hmm. are, and uh, what you're, you want to prioritize, and how you get talked into your scheduling habits, right? Mm-hmm, <laughs> and so mm-hmm. It's always an experiment and a, and a learning experiment, simply because circumstances change, what you have to show up for changes.
2: Right. Um, life, life experiences
1: life is, happen. Life experience changes, <laughs> and as as yeah. you shift in priorities, priorities change as well. Correct. Right? So it's a dynamic process. But at this mm-hmm. point, it sounds like you've clearly identified the uh, a pro, w- what you're really longing for. Which, yes, i have which is the space that took a around while. your <laughs> yeah around your music practice so that it can be integrated right so there's a mm-hmm. because it uh, uh something like music or something like spiritual practice you have to go deep into the stillness in order yes. to 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 be able to actually meet the the divinity whatever form it takes whether it's silence or music right mhm
2: mhm
1: and it has to, you have to learn its language. You have to be with it. You have to relate to it. You have to understand its vocabulary and rhythms, and that's a lot of time. And mm-hmm. activity doesn't tend to, to give you that space. And so I'm just wondering, as an exercise, that if you have time for your music practice, do you have a sense of how much time around your music practice you would want to carve out?
2: I don't, and I think that's what I, that's the next step in my uh, exploration.
1: Yes, because, and you could just do it for a couple of days or even a week, right? Because
2: mm-hmm.
1: instead of trying to, to be, to be, um, to deal with abstraction, right? Three mm-hmm. weeks ahead, I'm mm-hmm. going to put something on, but then I don't know, I, I, I don't know, and what, whatever it is. Right. As you're, mm-hmm. you're right, it is an abstraction. But if you carved out all of the spaces on your calendar around your music practice for space, then you know what's mm-hmm. not available, and it's less. Yeah. And if it's not available and non-negotiable, it might actually be easier than to schedule what somebody else asks for because you have prioritized what you long mm-hmm.
2: for, yeah,
1: rather than yeah. the other way around.
2: Mhm. Yeah, I think this is a great. Um, exercise and uh, a great next step mm-hmm. for me. And yes, I can see that and about I can
1: exploring how much time you want to carve out. Yes, that space. That's because the other yes. thing is, it's so easy for conditioned mind to basically um, nitpick about <laughs> the fact that you don't have space, right? If if it's just mm-hmm. an unexpressed, non-quantified longing you might be having the best time with a busy schedule and it will still say, oh, you know, you don't have space around your practice.
2: Yeah. Yeah? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so
1: I, it, exactly. So that place of finding out, I think is, as you said, is a really important next step.
2: hmm And also um, to circle back to the thing you said about how you so beautifully put it um, about a practice of any kind. I mean, you know, we could say, practice, whatever it is, insert Mm -hmm. what the thing it is you're practicing. Um, And needing, you know, a lot of needing to be able to sit still and be with it. And and I'm sure you find this in your practice, as I do in mine, that sometimes things take quite a long time. Like things that you think are going to, you know, you might have a, you might actually, practicing is an art. And even if you, <laughs>
1: exactly. yes. you, you
2: think yes. you might know, okay, this thing might take me X, but what you find out is, oh, it took me 10 times as long as I thought it was going to be, you know. Right. Or yeah. it took me ten, 10 times as short, you know, like that. that if you're pushing yourself and you're growing in your practice, you actually really sort of don't ever know how long something is going to take.
1: Which is why it's something want to that i found. The revelation, yes, mm-hmm. right. Pro- if, the re- mm-hmm. if, 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 if the practice is, the re- I mean, there's the technique of practice, which you can sort of um, put boundaries around and say, okay, I'm gonna. I, if I, I don't know if you play scales. I or do my like scales. That, te- yes, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Right. technique mm-hmm. is quantifiable, but mm-hmm. expression isn't. It's such an exploration, mm-hmm. and if that's what what feeds you and what, uh, as you said, is the journey that causes you to grow in expression and intimacy with whatever is the source of that, then, um, you know, it's such a luxury to be able to uh, carve that space for that as a priority. Mm-hmm. Which is what yeah, doesn't want, right? Because the only intimacy there is with the, with the ego, and the familiar mm-hmm. patterns just repeat themselves for the for all our lives if we let it. Mm
2: hmm. Oh yeah, it it would be happy for me to continue to go on just as I've been going on.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's it's called discipline. I think what we when we talked about that in the radio show last year for the year long, I mean we de- de- described discipline as the active choosing of authenticity over mm. ego, mm-hmm. which in this case equals. Noticing that habit of over-scheduling and really paying attention to how I choose the other.
2: Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I feel um, very grateful to be able to talk to you and, you know, about all of this. And also, I feel very grateful that I even made the progress I've made this far. (laughs) You know,
1: I know. Without a practice, how would we? Without that level of yeah. awareness to notice the process and to know, to be even open to the reflection that was so helpful, right?
2: Mm-hmm, In mm-hmm. one,
1: you're you're a minimalist. The other one, wow, you, yeah, you know, yeah, you're and, a and we, yeah, yeah, and so just to have the the willingness to be able to look at that and take that information and sit with it and see what you see around that and keep exploring because I project. That that is the process of um, being sought by what we seek.
2: Mm-hmm. That's how we meet mm-hmm. it
1: halfway, right?
2: Yeah, yeah, yes. Mhm. Great. Well, thank you so much for your thanks, Dave. Um, yeah, and I'll report back as I explore some well, more.
1: I, I think we're we're all we're all going to be holding our breath.
2: We
0: really
1: want to find out the next
0: chapter. <laughs> okay, let's Thank you. Okay, I will. Bye-bye. Bye. Thanks for joining us, Kate. And Ashwini, what you dropped in for me during that conversation is that since we've been talking about a lot in the past year-long retreat of just noticing the process mm-hmm. and how it reveals itself to me, for example. For example, if I'm always late, and rather than trying mm-hmm. to fix and change that all the time, my focus is on well, how does late happen? What am That's I right. choosing other than being on time? Yeah, I
1: mean it's it's so fundamental to our practice, right, uh, Michael? It's it's always about
0: the process. Yes, exactly. And Ashwin, we are going to take a break here for good news update, and then we'll come back and talk with more callers. Thank you, Michael. Thank you. And Jen, I'm turning it over to you for Good News Update.
3: Thanks, Michael. And welcome to Good News Update with Living Compassion. I'm pleased to be joined this afternoon by Chris, who is here to speak with us about his experience of that stellar retreat that Michael
4: was just referring to, the virtual New Year's retreat. Welcome, Chris. Thank you, Jan. A pleasure to be here in stellar, indeed. <laughs> I'm yeah. still basking in the afterglow. So I know that I've been on Me? retreat. So here we are. Yes,
3: yep. isn't that fun? Yes, exactly. Yeah. yeah, that afterglow. That's a that's a great term for it. Yeah. 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 So well, and everything. you know,
4: too, it's a uh, it's one of those yeah, uh, one of those things when it you know it's a virtual retreat, and so of course the voices are going to come in and say. Well, that can't possibly, you know, have the same potential that uh, an in-person retreat has. And yet, as I sit here experiencing that afterglow, I'm just kind of shaking my head, going, "I don't think so." Um, you know, <laughs> exactly. that there was uh, every possibility for transformation on that retreat. Uh, if I was showing up for it, then uh, it was all there. It was, and, and just all really well done. Oh, Chris, I just saw
3: something. I, I'm not sure I've seen it this way before. When you said that. Which was that? It really is what we bring to it, and so exactly if we if we bring that attitude of mind, in some ways it's, it's sort of an extra layer of really being here for it, because it would be you know if you're sitting in group in person and you're what on your phone checking your email, right? <laughs> of course it's you, clear. I guess you can't be because the guest <laughs> right. director has your phone, right? But right. Exactly, it's clear. But there's a whole other level of really um committing to ourselves in a virtual retreat that's that's kind of magical
4: yeah 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 i agree 100 percent i was looking at that as uh all these opportunities to take care of the human being right to just really Mm. decide what's going to be most compassionate for all and i know for me it was uh you know starting a couple of days in advance i'm uh checking in about what kind of meals i want to have i'm doing the shopping for that i've got a a plan okay. to cook, so that when uh, I, I know the schedule, I can see what's available time-wise. and I wanna I wanna be able to be leisurely with that meal. I wanna be able to, you know, go at the speed yeah. of life, and like you say, uh, be available for all of what uh, the retreat has to offer and what life has to offer in every moment of of, uh, of the of the whole retreat. So yeah.
3: Okay, so there's a whole other layer of it, Chris, that you just pointed to, which is that on a virtual retreat, because the process you're pointing at is one that when we would have in-person retreats, that's something that the monastery kitchen manager would right. be doing, right? Looking at looking at yep. the menu, making sure that the food is going to be nourishing, looking at how the, the cooking is going to happen, you know, if there's working meditation around it. So you get to actually be all of those roles for your own retreat. What a lovely
4: experience. Yep yeah I agree, and it really does uh, like you say then I get out of it what I put into it. It's just so clear and uh you know it just doesn't make any sense to clear schedule and pay money for an experience that i just i you know that i uh uh that i'm I mean, gonna like i just think sabotage in some way right I really do want to right. to be fully present so yeah yeah
3: you know and it occurs to me, chris, as you say that that i mean I know you know you have a very very Long-standing practice, and so, and you've been in all these roles. You know, you've been in guest master roles. Many retreats, time. yeah, right. Yeah. So, so you've had those experiences, and it occurs to me that, you know, the other piece is, it. You know, people, I'm sure, get talked into some of those um, sabotage things. You know, I'm checking my phone during the group, or I, right. You know, don't feel right. like doing yoga. But again, when we pay attention to all of it, it's all really good information about what goes on with us and it's yeah. it, in my experience if we don't go to self-hate with it it really helps inform my next retreat
4: exactly that's where i was going with it too that the next retreat around i can look to see you know i'm going to be familiar with some of those ways that the sabotage is going to occur and i can look yes. to tighten up the privileged environment um yep. and uh and go from there so yeah.
3: because otherwise that would be the point right talk you into sabotaging, oh, it's no big deal. I mean, just, you know, do this one little thing. And then what? You come out of the retreat and it's going to say, you blew it. You met. You. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Great chance. But yeah. it's not true. Right? It's, yeah. it's all yeah. part of the retreat. Yeah.
4: Yeah. You know, the other thing that I really appreciate about it is how doing a virtual retreat like this at home kind of helps to break down that duality between uh, practicing at home and practicing on retreats. I know we, we always talk about that anyway on retreats, right, that where the voices yep. want to go is, well, yeah, you know, that's all set up so that you can have that experience. But once okay. you leave that retreat center, well, forget it. You know, you're in the, quote, yep. uh, you know, real world. <laughs> and yep. so no no, no chance. And yet here I am setting up this retreat to do at home. And what yes. becomes clear is uh, kind of all of those places, uh, all of those things practice-wise that i'm not allowed to do and uh, the, the retreat gives me permission to just kind of traips all over those condition boundaries you know so uh, you know like all these things you're saying you know checking the phone or you know do i need uh screen time while eating or something to read or some distraction if there's uh, 10 minutes uh between meal and a set you know can i can i just be in that place yeah, and, uh, you know, all of those kinds of things, yeah.
3: Oh, I just love it, Chris, as you're describing it. It actually is taking me back to that conversation that Ashwani and Kate just had. Yeah, that point, yeah. Uh, right? Permission to schedule in the things that actually take care of us and that we want to do. You, Perfect. you remind me of something that I saw a number of times during the retreat where I would realize, you know, something would come up and I'd say, you know, I'm going to Google that. I would say to myself, <laughs> right. yes, absolutely. Right. I'm not, Because right. the guest master has my phone, so I can't Google it. Right <laughs>
5: Even though, of course, the yeah. guest
3: master doesn't have my phone because I'm using my phone for the retreat. But the spirit of it is that my, the guest master has my phone. And there's no, once we build that trust with ourselves, there's no reason we can't schedule times like that for ourselves in our week, in our day.
4: Right. Right. Yeah, yeah we can schedule all those little things in there. Yeah, you bet. Yeah. Yeah. It, another point was uh, uh, something like uh, it's just way fun to kind of commandeer the house as a temple, um, mm, you know, like I we've been talking about, it. to kind of set it up as a little mini monastery or a temple. And uh, you yeah. know, again, just what's going to what's going to support me in. Uh, uh you know, really uh practicing this relationship with the divine during the course of this this day and a half or two days that we were on retreat. And
5: um mm.
4: I just find that way fun, you know. So I've got some uh for the evening sits I've got some candles out and mm. you know, ways that I can kind of uh just make it nice in every way that I can. Some oh, incense, beautiful. a little incense burning in there too, might as well, right? And um yeah. Sure.
3: Mm-hmm. Yep. So really bringing that spirit of, well, sacred. And it, this really is,
4: yeah
3: yeah again, as Ashwini was just talking about in that last call, it really is a getting quiet and being with the divine. Making the space for that. Yep. Yeah.
4: Yep. Yeah.
2: And I love
3: the point, Chris, that you're making that it's so easy when we're physically on retreat to say, I mean, to have that experience, that's one it's really easy to have that experience because quote someone else is providing it for me and they literally do take my phone away they do take my computer away it's you know all those things so i don't in in one sense i don't have to make those choices but to be in our own space in our own environments in our own lives Mm -hmm. and make those
4: choices is really really powerful very much so yeah yeah so like with the phone uh some of our uh, we you know, we use conference calls for some of our well our group discussions mm-hmm. and I'm mm-hmm. on the phone. There's the phone. It's right in front of me. We just mm-hmm. finished group. and There we mm-hmm. go. Um, and I can feel the pull, right? I can sure. I can feel the pull into well you know just a just a little a little check here wouldn't really hurt anything. And uh, okay. you know in that direction. I think those are just really helpful experiences to have to be able to see the ways in amazing. which conditioning is manipulating the attention in that way, you know, to undermine uh, undermine the retreat. So yeah. Yeah. Yeah, me too. Me too.
3: Yeah. And then you add you add in the you know, the physical um things like that we have on retreat, like yoga. Right. And so that support for the physical body, adding that to of right. head in there is amazing. And the food that you just mentioned, you know, really taking care of yeah. the food.
4: Yeah. Yeah, you know, as you mentioned that that's another way that I knew when I was on retreat because the food just tastes so good. <laughs> yeah,
5: I think right. that was who is this yeah,
4: right. Right, right, exactly. the right. Boy they're just, they're really good at this cooking thing, but yeah, it's just that that quality of presence and uh know, yeah, all of the senses are just enlivened and all of that and and then the you know, if if all of that isn't enough Um, we have uh, guided images and exercises and processing. So I can be uh, experiencing the support from that and the support from Sangha and how Sangha are, you know, I can witness how Sangha, as we always do, witness how Sangha is uh, experiencing this retreat right along with me um, and have my own experience, uh, be able to talk about that, be able to process that in some way. So, yeah, all good.
3: It is all good. It really is yeah it's yeah it's amazing, and you know some lucky folks um getting to have individual guidance appointments, which is you know amazing That's such an opportunity there as well mm-hmm. yeah. all
4: the different ways that we're supported, it's really extraordinary, yeah yeah, yeah, it's a really fully rounded experience it is
3: it truly is and and like you started us off with. You know, the voices would say, well, yeah, I mean, it's virtual, you know, what's that? But <laughs> here's the proof, right? That afterglow and the experience during it is, is yep. the proof. that it's... Yep. And, and the food, that's such a good point, right? Tasting the food. I mean, that is such a perfect illustration of its presence. That's what's creating the retreat, is the presence.
2: Yeah. 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 The
4: cook was indeed good, but the presence just... Pushes it way over the top. <laughs> so
3: it way over for the sure, top. right? We definitely want to give the cook
4: their due. Right, that's right. We can't leave the cook yeah. out here. It takes it takes the whole squad, you know. And that last, yeah. you know, the last uh, group, we always uh, thank all the people involved. So we do want to include all of those: the guest master, the work director, the cook, and and uh, everybody that had a hand in, in making it what it was. To keeping the privileged environment, right? To keeping it sacred, like you say, yeah.
3: You know what, that's brilliant, Chris. We should each do that at the end of each of those retreats. Make a recording to thank the guest center, yeah. thank the cook, thank yeah. <laughs> the person who set up the space for us. I love it. Yeah, Yeah. that's great. Well, Chris, thank you so much for being with us this evening to talk Certainly. about your experience.
4: You bet. It was a pleasure, John. All right.
3: Take care. Good okay. night. Yes,
0: yeah. good night.
3: And Michael, we'll turn it back to you and Ashwini.
0: Wonderful. Thank you, Jen, and thank you, Chris. And welcome back to Open Air. And Ashwini, we have more callers here. Great. Next caller, you are now live on the air, and would you please introduce yourself? Hi, uh, Michael and Ashwini. This is Patty. Hi,
1: Patty. Happy new
6: year happy new year um, well my uh, my i guess I would say my success from the retreat is recognizing that um, ego voices didn't want me to participate I didn't belong I shouldn't put my uh, voice in there and um, yeah and so I just made this commitment to just participate just put my voice in there and that I do belong I belong to this song I, I, I so cherish this song and the retreat yeah
1: yeah and good for you Patty, because that's about the only thing we could do with those voices, right? Ignore them. (laughs) So yes, if they tell you that you don't belong, then you prove that they're wrong, because you know that that's true for you. That is your experience. You have had many, many, many experiences of of feeling part of the Sangha.
6: Yes. And uh, uh, through the retreat, um, just just so inspired and motivated to practice by hearing sangha and the guidance. it was just, yeah, I just feel so full. Mm-hmm.
1: yes, yes, and so it's it's sort of interesting, right, Patty, because um even even so so we're on a spiritual path we're in in the quest of going beyond what causes us to suffer and we still keep getting tripped up into into believing that we won't ever fall for an identification Although those ego voices will go away. So here you are participating in the retreat. I mean, you signed up for it. Clearly, you're in the uh, in the schedule, you're listening to sangha, you're having a wonderful experience. And voices want to come in and say you don't belong.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: Right? Which is part of the workshop experience, I would project. It doesn't matter whether you're in person or not, right? It's just going to come and tell you, well, you shouldn't be here.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: And so part of what we do, I mean, it's a metaphor for the spiritual journey, which is a practice, right? It's not that we get to a place of bliss and stay there. Well, we get to a place of bliss and then we get pulled away from it. And then we're in the place of bliss and then we get pulled away from it. And if we are in the beginning of the journey, we're more often in the being pulled away from it than we are in a place of bliss. And so just that that it's also part of the workshop.
6: And um, uh, when other Sangha members speak of their experience and I can relate and then bring that into the exact experience, um, like... When I say no ego, I'm I'm not believing that. I'm going to touch the earth like the Buddha did, and Mm -hmm. I am going towards enlightenment, you know, and not Mm -hmm. with the Mara voices. And when when I heard just that experience and when the guidance was about, you know, the possibility uh, for enlightenment in this very life, I just the this mind state was just so expansive and felt that possibility, and that was so exciting mm-hmm. yes
1: yes that the, that, and that we can wake up and end suffering in this very lifetime it's what our yes. heart sings our heart thing when we hear that right it 's a deepest place of resonance for us, and we 're motivated, inspired to. Uh, come home to ourselves.
6: hmm And and um. It's what
1: keeps us going, right, Patty? No matter what happens. I mean, you heard those voices say that you don't belong, and you are you you haven't you're an experienced enough practitioner to know that that's not true. And so, mm-hmm. what do you do? I'm going to put myself in the queue. hmm Because be, because part, participation is to take part. And if we don't, you know, the voices have something tangible. I mean, they, they could talk about anything, even intangible, and that's not true, right? <laughs> but it, it's just that we're likely to believe it more if, it, if, if, we, if we've fallen for it, right?
6: Yeah, and, and this when I talk about sort of the expansion, it's like being in love instead of uh, the outside of participation or uh, not belonging it, it's 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 not even mm. oh yes, I am participating it's like the absence of that ego thing mm.
1: that's beautifully stated it's exactly that right because it's not that because if if belonging if belonging had a certain experience and a feel to it, it would be on the other side of the duality of not belonging. It's not a thing. It's just that the ego is absent, and therefore we don't experience separation.
6: Yeah. And and You're the right,
1: just, being in love is a good is a good uh, metaphor for that.
6: Yeah. In the state, in that state. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and the other things that I wanted to say that um, has come up a few times, like at the end of um, the year-long retreat and what we're grateful for or, you know, to be alive. Um, and in this retreat, it came up again um, about uh, this past year having two surgeries and uh, I was talking over with my daughter her experience and her overhearing the doctor saying, well, you know, this could go wrong, that could go wrong. She could die of this, this, you know, and and in the acute care. And it just struck me. I think it kind of sunk in that I may not have made it, but I did. And 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 this precious time. And so I have this time to practice, to opportunity, to... Um. Continue practicing, and with this precious songka. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes.
1: That to to be when we recall how an experience like the surgery, right, Patty, where it was touch and go, then we're we're so much closer to the stakes, right? Yeah, and so much more appreciative of the time we have to do that, to have that magnificent opportunity that you touched on in the retreat, which is to wake up in this lifetime. And so to practice and to practice with this sangha, we take full advantage of that.
6: And and it became so much clearer to me about how to use my time. And I've been resistant to recording and listening. And I had like six-minute recordings. And I've since then continued this, and it's not the efforting of it, it's just because I know how supportive this is, and, mm-hmm. and sitting, and, you know, it's, be, it's becoming more useful, because um, I know exactly. that's the way I want to spend my time.
7: Yes,
1: it becomes your choice, rather than something right. you should do.
6: Right, and that relates back to a little bit about the scheduling, you know, and how how do you want to the art of living a life hmm. yes, and the the art of living a life uh is
1: prioritizing the essential, the art of living ego life is prioritizing the non essential yeah, and regretting it and feeling bad about it
6: yeah or or believing these these hateful stories or judgments or assessments and and mm-hmm. um knowing that we we all have that power to just say i am turning away from this i'm I'm, i'm moving to the more expansive space and um yeah so i i don't know i'm just so appreciative of of guidance and sangha and um opportunities, and, um, and uh, this practitioner who's just wanting to spend her time with, with practice and with Sangha.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, gratitude for that, right? That, means yeah. that, that choice is becoming clearer and clearer and our practice is just, just to make that choice more and more often.
6: Yeah, and it's so wonderful to start this year, with that feeling. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So, thank you so much.
1: Thanks, Patty. Thanks for adding your voice.
6: Oh, uh,
0: thank you. Go happy. You too. Thanks for joining us, Patty. And that was a beautiful conversation, Ashwin. Uh, sincerity and gratitude. And it just, uh, it's why I love Sangha. Mm-hmm. Great. Great place to be in practice,
1: right, Michael? Where yes, the be- you're you're basking in the benefit of it working, and so there you are, you know, full steam ahead to choose
0: that, choose that place of expansion. Yes, yes, it's beautiful. And we have another caller here. Next caller. You are now live on the air, and would you please introduce yourself?
5: Uh, yeah, this is uh, Todd in Ithaca, Washington. Hi, Hi Todd. Todd. Hi there. Um, I'm just so delighted to be on, uh, and I really resisted the uh, temptation I had or the pull to plan out everything I was going to say. <laughs> so, um
6: mm-hmm.
5: I had an idea why I wanted to call but uh, didn't need to have it all scripted out Um, I just I'm just so grateful that practice is still here for me Um, I uh, I I stopped practicing probably a little over a year ago um, at least with with Sangha Um, you know wasn't participating in the retreats and whatnot and um, you know it was just just really honestly struggling and, and, and just had a really hard time of, um, I don't even know, really, I, I never know the words or how to describe it. I just, uh, I was discouraged and I just, I felt like I didn't belong or that it wasn't for me. Or I just, um, I don't know. So I, um, I, I spent a little over a year doing my best going through life. Um, but honestly, just, you know, really a lot of suffering in there, you know? And, and so, although I feel like I have, I'd always go back to the foundational things I know about egocentric karmic conditioning and the things that I've, that I've learned from this practice, but man, is it more challenging when you're not practicing every day, right? (laughs) Like (laughs) it, 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 uh, you know, I, I explain that all the time, you know, if you quit shooting free throws, quit practicing free throws, you're not going to be a very free good free throw shooter after you take it up a year later. Um, but I, well, and it is I don't part know of
1: the human experience, right Todd that you, in our, it it's important that we take those detours, simply because otherwise, we won't know for ourselves, the importance of practice. Yes. Yes.
5: Right. You have but, and, to
1: flub the game in order to know that you have to practice your free throws.
5: <laughs> yes. Yeah. Well, and, and I think that's why I'm so happy and joyful to kind of like, I don't know, to be back is the right word or whatever, because it's not like it really any, went anywhere, but just like, you know, I'm not, I'm not beating myself up or at least listening to these stories like, oh gosh, you know, like what'd you do and you know you've wasted a year your life or whatever like I'm I'm coming back more just like like yeah I went back and listened to my very last recording I had on open air with Sherry um and at the time I didn't really quite understand it honestly but I I went back and I I remembered the date and I listened to it and she talked about you know which I'm sure everybody knows (laughs) but um you know, you have to have suffered enough, you know, mm-hmm. and, and I think from like you said, like, like I needed to take a detour. Like I needed to, I don't know, in 12 step programs, they kind of say, you got to go maybe go out and do a little bit more research before you're mm-hmm. willing to admit that you're powerless over alcohol or whatever it is. Right. But it kind of just reminded me of that. Like I, I needed to, I don't know if I needed to suffer more, but I just, I had some things happen in my life where I just knew, I just knew, Ashwini. Like the only way I'm going to get through this is if I come back to practice, or the only way I'm not going to suffer immensely through what I'm going through or what is kind of on the horizon for me, it looks like, is is through practice. And 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 then like it was almost like a conscious like like clicking or like where I was just like. I don't know. I just listened to Sherry, and all those things just started to like. I no, there is nothing wrong. There's never anything wrong. Like all the things that I just had heard for you know for the two three years I was really really involved on almost a daily basis. Um. I yeah. I don't know. I I just uh, I just feel like something just I, like something just dropped in so majorly. I, I think I've heard people say that so many times and I've had little tastes and pieces of that, but I just, um, it's just, and, and I didn't do the near, new year's retreat. You know, I, I think I might've been one of those people that got talked out of, uh, Oh, it's virtual. So it's not really going to work, but, but it doesn't matter. I'm here. I'm on the call. I recorded and listening all day. Uh, I felt good about going back to work after, uh, 17 day off, which is typically really t- tough to come back. People were like, "What's wrong? Why are you so happy to be back at work today?" <laughs> like, <laughs> um, um, anyway, so I, I could go on and on. Well, I, I just, you
1: know, Todd, welcome back, and you don't need yeah. to know, right? That says, as you said, this is the moment. It doesn't matter when we come to, whether it's breath number 42 on a sit or a year after we last did our did last talk to Sherry, it doesn't matter, right? Because that's where ego wants the attention. It wants us to, to try to figure it out or find a reason or make meaning or whatever else. And as you said, I'm happy. I'm happy to be here. I'm happy to have the clarity that practices my lifeline. I'm happy to make that choice. And so yeah. that's it. There, We don't need to go on a dig to find out what caused you to lose your way or even to, again, that place of there's nothing wrong, right? We, we all walk the path we walk. There are no guarantees. Yeah. And when yeah. we when we get the call and get the call with that clarity, to, to pick up the recorder or come back to practice, we just say yes. Thank you.
5: Mm-hmm.
1: And it builds our faith.
5: Yeah. Yeah, it it really does. I I feel so much, I don't know, more confident, secure. Just like um, I don't know, I just like the foundation I had before. It's like it didn't go away. You know, it's like yeah. I, I, even though I wasn't practicing, I can't tell you how many times I had Sherry in my head. I had you in my head. I had you know things that I picked up on retreats and all kinds of things pop up. Um, yeah. And, well, and, and it's you're important.
1: right. It's so. So sorry. Go ahead. I'm
5: sorry. I didn't mean to Oh, no, you. I was just gonna say and you're right. And it doesn't matter what, why, whatever, I'm here now. And I'm uh, and mm-hmm. so awesome about it. Oh, so.
1: well, two things that drop in for me about that is it's the, it's the story, one of my favorite stories about uh, the guy walking looking down on the beach and saying, Look, all the places where I had the most difficulty, there was only one set of footsteps and you said you're going to be with me all the time. And those are the places where you're being carried. So it doesn't matter that you were having a hard time, right? Because your practice, the intelligence that that came back to practice, the mentor, whatever you want to call that, never left you. Yeah.
2: Right? Yeah. And there's
1: no recrimination or judgment when you come back to an active engagement with it either. Yeah. 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 And, you know, Todd, Mm -hmm. I would project, that whatever your experience was in suffering this much, it's not that you're coming back to practice thinking that it's all going to be hunky dory. (laughs)
5: All (laughs) you know
1: is right? I mean that's such an extraordinary return because it's it's such a deep it's a place of experience, not a place of Pollyanna. Right? Practice helps. Yes. And then, if you if you think that practice helps and everything's going to go your way, you have to find out that practice helps helps and everything may not go your way. Yes. Yeah. And you still want to practice. And so it's such a more yeah. grounded place to embrace practice.
5: Yes, uh, and and yeah, and that has been a huge piece of this as well. Where I, I, it's not like, oh, I'm back and everything's going to be wonderful. It's like. No, oh, I'm I'm back and um, and I can practice. So when those storms hit, when the, you know, my windows are boarded up, my my sandbags are in place when the hurricane goes, you know, like, um, yeah. I, I I'm ready for it. I have the tools. I've been practicing the tools, um, and I know I don't have to suffer through it. You know, I don't have to believe. It. Remember, you told me once, I can have the feelings and the human experience. I don't have to believe the story. You know. I'm still it. gonna have that, um, and yeah, and I just feel that more in in my core than than I ever have. So, it kind of mm-hmm. brings the the joy with it. So
1: yes, it brings the joy with it, and the and the well-being is at at a level of context, not at the level of content, right?
5: Yes, I'm not yeah. alone. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, so true. Wow. Well. Thank you for still being here. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, well, thank you for returning, and welcome back, <laughs> and looking forward to talking to you more, Todd.
5: Yes. As, yes, as Terry I,
1: says, I, don't be a stranger.
5: I definitely will not.
1: And so. maybe thank and you. maybe we'll see you for the summer of Sangha. After all, Is the quarter swim is two and a half hours.
5: Hey, I, I'm i telling you, that's, that's been another thing. I'm like, oh, my God, now they're just down the road from me. So, uh, yeah, uh, a lot of things to be excited about, for sure. So, yeah.
0: All right. Uh, Take care.
5: Yeah, thank you. Go happy. Thanks for joining us, Todd.
0: And actually, that was a beautiful conversation, just extraordinary. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, in, and in the interest of time, I'm going to bring on our next caller here. Next caller, you are now live on the air. And would you please introduce yourself?
7: I'm Michael and Ashwini. This is Margaret.
0: Hello, Margaret.
7: Hey, um, I'm so happy to be on. <laughs> I am. Um, well, I I'm am so oh, happy
1: to hear your voice.
7: <laughs> I was um, participating in the retreat as much as possible, and I uh, I had not thought anything was going to go wrong, but I got sick during it—a a head cold—and uh, by the final day, I was so congested. It was very hard. But I kept getting in the queue, and I think I did something wrong about, you know, the star six and one or just star six or something. But maybe because there were so many people, it was was wonderful. Um, Anyway, um, and I saw some things, I observed some things that I hadn't seen before quite in the same way. Um, I was looking at a process of, how the voices occurred to me. And I was in a very slowed down pace of doing that because I was lying in bed waiting to go to sleep. And all of a sudden, I felt like I was tuning into a bunch of different radios. You know, one was telling me, was on a channel that was about what I had said that day. The other was about what other people had said. And there was, you know, other about... The future, you know, and there were these zillions of of channels out there and they were very clear to see. And I realized that I had, in a way, I had noticed this before, but not with the clarity of paying attention to them because by that time I had thought of them as my process being to ignore them and I would be just able to be here with, Mm -hmm. you know, the channel here, here, present now, <laughs> um, channel. And uh, So, Margaret, make, let me make sure that I'm, I'm with you.
1: So i you mm-hmm. saying that the experience that you had of being present to all of these multiple channels was an expanded awareness experience rather than what was previously thought to be present, which is a complete absence of any voices. So presence equals no voices. Is that what you, is that the experience that it had defined it as? Is
7: that what you're saying? You know, I'm not so sure. I don't think um, it's exactly like that. It's like, oh gosh. It's sort of like, it feels like when I'm present to something, there isn't anything else. And so I wouldn't be hearing anything else. But maybe it's when I'm in transition Mm -hmm. that those are there um, or that I recognize that that's actually also out there. You know, that that, that it's just all these different voices that ego has to distract me, to pull me into some Uh other conversation or story. Uh-huh. Did that
1: make sense? So, so you're saying, I, I I think so. So you're saying that you notice all of these multiple voices, and you're present to all these multiple voices. I mean, we probably want to be careful with our words here, and that mm-hmm. sometimes when when you're truly with something, it feels like you don't hear the voices at all.
7: Right. I'm not paying any mm-hmm. attention to them. And uh-huh. at other times, there's it's like there is a little part of me aware of the pull into those stories or some, some thread Mm -hmm. of it like that. And I can remember Mm -hmm. mm, sort of an analogy that, to this, which was that Sherry, I think, had come up with or helped me come up with was about how going to a, (coughs) going to like a, Oh, um, a circus and outside the circus are all these vendors trying to get me to do things or to join what they're doing and I'm on a path to get into the tent or I'm to to get somewhere else and so I'm not (laughs) I'm not giving them any attention Uh
2: uh-huh <coughs>
7: <coughs> <coughs> Sorry.
2: Oh.
7: <coughs> anyway, um. So it was. I don't know. It seemed helpful to me in terms of being able to see the space between the thoughts. Uh huh. Uh huh. So. You're
1: not so so you're aware of them but you're not attending to them.
7: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it feels like training is necessary to do that. That's right, absolutely.
1: I mean it's a training in multiple skills, right? Um yeah. Uh, Margaret, because you, you could be paying attention to something very, very closely and not be aware of your of anything.
7: hmm right yeah which is not
1: necessarily you know we have so many ways of using the word present and we have so many ways of using the word attention and awareness and all of those things and the 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 training that we're doing is to notice it all i mean we're using both attention and awareness
7: right right Mm -hmm.
1: and 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 how how those two interplay with each other determines an experience and we can't say when we're present or not right because as you say in Zen that's a, defining anything is the surest the surest way of, of having moved away from it from the experience of it. Mm-hmm. But but regardless, we use those words to try to explain our experience or point to what it is that it feels like our experiences.
7: Mhm. Mhm. Yeah. And I'm not sure what more to say about that, other than that. Um,
1: I don't think there's anything more to say, Margaret. Not just because we're yeah. at the top of the hour, also, but just because all we're doing is paying attention, right? Right, right. Yeah. And I had an experience of being able to be to, to being aware of all of these multiple voices, and having the ability to have a space between the thoughts,
5: a different mm-hmm.
1: experience than being present to something so completely that the, that you didn't hear anything else or you weren't aware of anything else.
7: Yeah. I know, and there, there's so much more to this. I, I, I feel like I, I should let you go partly because of my voice and also because of time. We're at time, but it just seems so interesting to me Um, to be at that, this place in practice where I can be moving along through space and time and stop myself, um, being totally aware of wanting to change gears and go Uh in another direction. Uh Uh-huh.
1: Yes, well it sounds fascinating and I hope we have many, many more opportunities to discuss this in in other forums and you are absolutely feeling much better to do that.
7: (laughs) Thank you, Ashwinny and and Michael. And Happy New Year. Thank you,
1: Margaret. Happy New Year. Bye-bye. Or as we said in the retreat, hoping you are
7: receiving the the
1: bliss of the moment arising.
0: Yes. Thank you. All right. Thanks for joining us, Margaret. And that sounded beautiful, Ashwini, receiving the bliss right. of the moment arising and a great way to end tonight's show. Yes.
1: Thank you, Michael.
0: Thank you, Ashwini. Thank you, everyone. Happy New so Year. happy. Go happy.